much love. Yeah, darling, good to make it happen. Take the world in the love embrace. Fire all your guns at once and explode into space. It's episode 18, season five, Ravage Love. We got dykes, we got bikes, we got it all. Hi, Julie. Hello, Renee. Welcome to Dykes on Bikes, our last official Pride episode. Although you know we're going to bring you the homosexual content throughout the season because that's how we do here on Ravage Love. Yeah. But as we discussed in our previous episode, Dykes on Bikes are truly um, the foundation of mm. Pride parades, the Pride movement. I live in Ottawa where Pride happens at the end of the summer. I wish I could tell you why. Couldn't. Um, so I have yet to see Dykes on Bikes this year. But they will be arriving to my city in August. And I'm very mm. excited. So for folks who don't know, Renee, qu'est-ce que c'est Dykes on Bikes? Um, well, it's it's a butch lesbian that rides a motorcycle. Yes. And lead pride parades, generally. Traditionally, that is their role. They certainly lead dyke marches. So you'll have super hot butch women, typically butch women. I don't think I've ever seen a dyke on bike that was femme. No. I don't think I have. So it's typically haughty, very hot butch women on motorcycles. Typically, like, Harley's, like, real, like, like bikes i personally love like a kawasaki ninja situation but let people have what they want no, um, not, and they I usually wanna, i want a hog i want to i want to you want a hog beautiful woman on a hog that's all right well that's what dykes on bikes will bring you so if you've never been to a pride parade if you've never been to a dyke march you've never stood on the sidelines and watched um you have maybe not seen them but you need to because they are incredible and i have to say there is nothing more powerful than marching with a bunch of women behind mm-hmm. Like dykes on bikes leading the way, clearing traffic, just making you feel so safe and supported. Whew. So good. And it's just like a great energy to bring to the start of it. Because I think I I think because of all of the attacks that have been happening on drag performers, mostly drag queens, um, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, drag story time stuff that's happening at libraries, like I think because of all that tremendous backlash, we talk a lot we as in like the queer community talk a lot about drag as like an art form and as like a staple of the queer community. But like, it's not the only part of pride. It's not the only part of the queer community. Like we have other traditions as well that includes things like dykes on bikes. (laughs) And I feel like they need, just need to get more recognition for being a cornerstone of queer resistance, because I'm telling you, you've never seen anything more badass in your entire life than like, Mm -hmm like a thick butch woman in a leather jacket on a Harley just being like, let's go girls. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so that is what we are doing this week on the show. And I struggled a bit to find a book. And then I did. And I'm dying to tell you about it. Are you ready? Renee? Everything. I am. Oh my God. It was so good. It was so good. And I'm actually going to veer a little differently than we typically do on the podcast because I'm actually not going to give you a beat for beat on this book because I am urging all of you to pick it up. It is called Robin and Her Misfits by Dr. Kellyanne Jacobson. 
Dr. Kellyanne Jacobson has a PhD from Florida State University and is a professor of creative writing. And she's also a writer of queer YA. So Mm. I actually wasn't sure going into this book if it was going to have any kind of romance, but it has the best kind of romance in that it's about the power of women's friendships and also the power of like sapphic love. So it just came out in 2023. Uh, you can find hard copies. You can get an ebook version. Like it's not like some sort of obscure, some of the more obscure stuff that we read here on the podcast. Like it's fairly mainstream. So it came out this year. It's about 400 pages. So it's significant. Um, and it's described as fast and the furious meets Robin hood. And yeah. So you have Robin and her misfits, which are Little John, White Rabbit, Skillet, and Daisy Chain. I know. And they are like runaways. They are women and girls. They start off as girls and then uh, stink together into womanhood. But um, who are... Yeah, come from abusive homes, have dealt with extreme poverty, have had to survive, were homeless, and they create this like commune of sorts that's deep, deep, deep hidden in the forest. And they use their collective skills, which include um, like incredible IT skills, motorcycle skills, uh, driving stunts, uh, charisma, <laughs> and the ability to charm <laughs> the pants off of someone to like rob tractor trailers to um like do all like petty theft like pickpocketing and stuff but mostly a lot of like ripping off trucks um never trying to like never killing people like never aiming to kill people not aiming to injure people but driving them off the road and then stealing all of their loot and then keeping it for themselves or selling it to help them survive or doing things to, to give the money or the merchandise to other young women and girls who are struggling. And I really don't feel like I can say much else without ruining it. Cause I don't think I know. I know for a fact, I have never read a book on the podcast with so many plot twists. Oh, and so yeah like so many plot twists so it's like it's hard for me to tell without completely giving it away and sometimes the books that we read we quote unquote give it all away but it's still worth reading because other elements speak up but in this case i feel like it would ruin the experience if you knew what all the plot twists were but it is so well written it is really engaging and yeah, it's like this roaming group of girls who then get tasked with doing this one big job, which they then, it feels like, what is this about? Um, and they have this like older man who kind of like sh- told them, taught them how to improve their petty theft skills and their this and this and this. And so he assigns them things. But then, of course, it means they're kind of beholden to him because he knows where their hideout is. He knows their tactics. And so if they cross him, which they might... Um, then they are sort of beholden to him and kind of living in fear and really kind of unpacking this idea of like, what does it mean to be a queer woman in the world who's truly free from the patriarchy, who is able to actually live without the influence and the, like the oppression of men. And that's like kind of a thread throughout really that it doesn't necessarily answer because it's kind of impossible to do, but this is the kind of book that I would have fucking devoured when I was a teenager because I 
had my first car the year the Fast and the Furious came out. Uh, and for folks who don't know, <laughs> it's a 1974 Super Beetle that at the time was painted orange and re- uh, orange and purple with a big number one on the door. So it looked like like a knockoff Herbie. And so like I drove my car to the theater to see Fast and Furious. And then I just wanted to rip through the streets afterwards and have a time. <laughs> I-, I love cars. I love car culture. Um, and yeah, it's just like, it's just accepted. Like there's no big like when I came out to my... It's just like, we're a bunch of dykes who don't want men around, don't want to depend on men and only look out for each other. And they all have these like really interesting, different personalities. And so like Daisy chain throughout a good chunk of the book, uh, basically only speaks in like Shakespeare quotes. And she's kind of framed as like, she always has like a little, like she's, they found her on the side of the road, literally making a Daisy chain and was like wearing a flower crown and then they're like who is this fucking hippie and then like took her in and then some of the other women were like who the fuck is this flighty bitch like she contributes nothing to the gang she's gonna get us she doesn't seem very bright and then you see things from her perspective and so like everyone that you think could be like a one or two dimensional character then it kind of switches perspective in the book and then you realize like their backstory and what's going on with them and There was times, I will say at the beginning, that it was a bit confusing because there was a lot, not just like a lot of characters, but then because like Little John, Skillet, Daisy Chain, that's not their real names, right? So then there's also like their actual names. So then it got, it was a bit confusing at the start, but I would really recommend sticking with it because it's very lovely and I will say has a a, a somewhat open-ended, so it could be a sequel, but a really powerful ending of they end up taking the land and it's not a spoiler but so you could it's still there's so many plot twists between the beginning and the end but um the book actually opens with this plot of land in the woods where girls are encouraged it's like a summer camp one week a month and girls come and they learn all kinds of like great life skills and the power of friendship and how to you know look out for each other and how to not be dependent on men and it's at the space. So what they do is they end up taking this plot of land that they had as their commune and their refuge when they were on the run as these bandits and then turn it into like a refuge for young girls to come and learn these skills the easy way through like the love of queer women who are looking out for them. And so you're like, it's this beautiful like mentorship and it's like, Ooh, it's so good. (laughs) And so like right away I was like, fuck i'm in like i'm so hooked the cover is really really cool it's a great cover um the book is set in like the kind of like swampy parts of florida and so there's like you really get the sense that they're like just cooking in the woods like basically in the rainforest essentially living in trailers and it's hot and they're looking out for each other and like it's just it's so atmospheric it's action-packed like i said like i've never read a book like this for the podcast where it's like literally action sequences um and so really you know no real spice so you know no like accoutrement all of that kind of stuff but i still think that i would even if it wasn't on this podcast would still categorize it as ultimately about romance because like some of the women are in relationships with each other but it's mostly just that like yeah and anyone who has read, which we both have because we fucking loved it. If you have read Anna North's Outlawed. Oh, love it. One of my favorite books of all time. One of Renee's favorite books of all time. An yeah. incredible book. Um, I would say it's on par with that in a YA sense. So if you want, nice. if you loved Outlaw by Anna North and you have like a young person in your life that would also maybe enjoy it, give them 
Robin and Her Misfits um, by Kellyanne Jacobson. Highly recommend. Um, and I will, the last note I will say is, I haven't read, I, I dug deep to try to see if it was a thing, but I haven't found anything about it being turned into something, but it absolutely fucking should. Like this book is perfect for like a mini series, a feature film. Like it has all of the elements of like a really engaging, I don't know that it would be like a full on TV show. I feel like that would drag it out a bit, but yeah. um, HBO should 100% pick up this book and make a mini series or a movie about it because I was, it was great. Highly recommend. Oh, so that's my yeah. recommendation. Robin and her misfits just came out this year, 2023 Kellyanne Jacobson. That was my, delightful dykes on bikes read for this week here on ravage love over to you renee (laughs) (laughs) um okay i went i thought i thought it would be fun to kind of go in like an unexpected direction as it came to dykes on bikes um also because you're renee and that's how you do that's how i fucking (laughs) roll so Mine does not involve motorcycles, but instead involves spin cycles, like spin bikes. <laughs> uh, like Peloton? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I love it. So it's My book is called um, My Lesbian Wife is Strapped Airtight Bike Ride by L. Temple. And I couldn't find anything at all about L. Temple. Um, and here's the thing. Um... I'm just I'm going to explain what the book is about and then we're going to come back to my note here. Okay. So I also have to be really quiet when I talk about the wife in this book because her name is Alexa and oh. I don't want my <laughs> I don't want mine to go up. So uh, <laughs> we have had that problem on the podcast before. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Mine was wicked short. Like like it kept saying like you have like a 30 minute read and then I finished it and I was like what happened and it was like great news i threw in an extra book and i was like i am not reading this extra book so um olivia is a, just a lesbian and i don't know what she does for work but her wife alexa is um was a trainer like just a, a general trainer um and then decided um when kind of youtube came out and stuff to start posting videos online and has become very well known and famous. And so people um, take her classes online. And um, when, you know, when Olivia and Alexa talk for the first time, she's like, oh my God, do you actually wear that stuff in your videos? Like as if they haven't been doing it since 2004 when YouTube came out. And <laughs> she's like, yeah, what's wrong with it? And, he's, and she was like, oh, it's just really sexy. Like it's really sexy. And you don't know if like, is is this woman very jealous or like what and so um alexa is like hey so actually two of my students who have been doing my videos for years and years are actually going to be in town i thought it'd be nice if we met up for coffee and like and i could host like an in-person class for them and olivia's like yeah you know what that's actually a really great idea let's sure and she's like i'll i'll come with you it'll be a good time and so she's like okay so they go to this coffee shop and then these two women show up and they're obviously like beautiful and and all this stuff and um immediately olivia's like oh my god like what if she wants to fuck them like they're so they're so hot and then she's like would i hate that though like would i hate if my, if my wife fucked these two women and their names are like 
Donna and Tegan. I was like, why would you? What? <laughs> Donna? Um, and so she pulls her wife aside and she's like, hey, they, they're into you. And she's like, no, that's crazy. And she's like, no, no, they're, they're into you. I think they want to fuck you. And she's like, oh my God, no. And then she's like, well, I think you want to fuck them too. And she's like, like trying to feel if it's like, if her wife is trying to bait her or something. And her wife is like, I don't hate that idea actually. And then Alexa is like, yeah. Okay. So what do we do? And the, the, and so Alexa's like, well, there's, there's a private room at the, at the spin place so i'm gonna get us in that room and then we can all bang together and i was like okay and so then olivia is like okay well i'll be right back i'll meet you there and so she runs off to like a sex shop i guess to buy strap-ons um but then the book was like so we all arrived at the gym i was like no you you ran away go get (laughs) strap-on i don't what's happening um Mm. and then so they go into the spin room and like Alexa's like, okay, well, we got to stretch. And so she's like showing off her butt. And then the other women are like, okay, well, we'll, we'll stretch with you. And then Alexa's like, forget it. Let's fuck. And like at no point did they – do they know if these women are gay? They don't know if these women are even interested. They just brought them to a back room. And was like, let's do this. And so then Olivia hands out all of these strap-ons. But, and I don't know if this is a real thing. I don't own a strap-on. But apparently it's a strap-on where, like, you can feel the sensation of, like, the penis being touched or whatever. And they said it's because there's, like, a vibrating egg in it. And I was like, I don't understand the mechanics of that. But anyway, they they all fuck. And they have a great time. And then they're like, let's do it again tomorrow before you leave. And they're like, okay. So here's the thing. Um, I think this book was actually written by a man. Mm, <laughs> fuck, I, I was going to say, I'm like, is this another example of queer books written by fucking straight dudes? Yeah, I think it was written by a guy. And part of that is I can't find anything about this author online at all. All of the books are like lesbian books, but they all involve like strap-ons in some capacity. And um, the other thing I noticed is like, not only were there like, obviously like, very obvious errors in this book like did nobody did nobody like beta read your story um oftentimes it would say men or man in regards to the two women Hmm. and then later it's like they were saying women and then it switched to man or men and then they switched it to girls and i was like that that's fucking weird like that's weird <laughs> yeah because i was reading i was like wait did it just say men are they, are they meaning men did i pick something wrong and then it went back yeah, to yeah. like girls and i was like no these aren't men called tegan and donna um <laughs> and like that was literally the book it was just it was weird and kind of poorly written and obviously like nobody nobody proofread it and um yeah i'm convinced it was written by a dude because um they say the word rod no less than like a dozen times and mm. no no female writer uses rod uh, to describe a penis yeah they, they just don't yeah, um, it's not a, it's not a thing it's not a thing right so anyway that's kind of what i read i it was a waste of my time i should i should have leaned in the direction i wanted to go in and and read it 
real legit dykes on bikes i just thought it'd be funny i was like <laughs> like a spin bike ha <laughs> hilarious and uh i was the one who got buffaloed in this scenario <laughs> um so i'm gonna read the sex scene um <laughs> and you're gonna i'm gonna read it and you're gonna be like oh yeah this was absolutely written by a dude um so buckle up i guess I'm ready. <sighs> okay. My wife turns around and then bends forward slowly, locking her knees and popping her perfectly toned ass out behind her. She glances back at the women who have their eyes locked tight to my wife's beautiful, full rump. You're not stretching, Alexa teases. The girls immediately spring into action, trying their best to lean forward until my wife stops them at once, uh, at once more. It's okay, Alexa coos. I can tell that your mind's elsewhere. Why don't we just dive right into some cardio then? We all nod in unison. My wife extends a slender finger and beckons us towards her. Come on now, she coaxes. Don't forget your gear, though. I walk over and reach into my duffel bag, pulling out three strap-ons. I keep one for myself and give the other two to our gorgeous guests. The gang approaches my wife cautiously, moving closer and closer until Alexa is completely surrounded. The tension is so thick you can cut it with a knife, but still nobody dares to make a move. Well, what are you waiting for? Alexa states with utter confidence. Suddenly, Donna and Tegan make their play, passionately kissing my wife from either side while a startled moan escapes her lips. I watch in awe for a moment as my wife is sandwiched between these two handsome men. Then what? I join in for myself. The next thing I know, all three of us are passionately tearing away my wife's clothing and our own, tossing the fabric to the side until we all stand completely naked. Put them on, my wife demands. We do as we're told, pulling on our strap-ons and letting our soft moans oh, letting out soft moans as the inner vibrating eggs reach our clits. <laughs> the sex toys are well constructed, using a tiny vibrator to translate any stimulation on the fake shafts to the rest of our body. Like, is it a VR dildo? Like, what is this? I don't know. Anyway. Once everything is in place, my wife reaches down and grabs two fake cocks, immediately getting to work as she strokes the girls off with slow, firm pumps of her fists. Fuck yeah, Tegan groans, her eyes shut, uh, tight in her head, tilted back in a state of utter bliss. Not a bad spin class, huh? My wife offers playfully. She makes her way around the circle, beating us off two at a time until her aching desire gets the best of her. The next thing I know, my wife is dropping to her knees between us, the beautiful woman staring up with hungry eyes as a forest of plastic dick just <laughs> just juts out from every angle. Alexa wastes no time opening wide and taking Donna's fake cock between her lips. Oh, Alexa, she just talked to me. <laughs> <laughs> my wife gets to work, bobbing her head up and down the woman's length, starting slowly at first and then gaining speed as she orally services her. My wife gradually starts to make her way around the circle, giggling excitedly every time she finds herself faced with a brand new strap-on shaft. When she finally returns to Donna, however, she has even bigger plans. Donna takes <laughs> Alexa takes Donna's into her mouth once more. I'm sorry, Alexa. Please. <laughs> I heard her start up in the background. <sighs> Rude. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, she's gonna she's gonna deep throat this plastic penis, and I'm just gonna say plastic penis a bunch of times. Donna places her hands against the back of my wife's head, holding her in this deep throat position as she savors her sexual power. The two of them stay locked like this for quite a while until finally my wife is forced to pull back in a sputtering gasp, desperate 
for air as a long strand of saliva dangles between her wet lips and the head of Donna's fake cock. I need your rod inside me, my wife snarls, belligerent with lust. I need you to fuck me right now. Alexa immediately spins around and falls forward, positioning herself on her hands and knees before us. My beautiful bride pops her ass out and wiggles it playfully from side to side, coaxing us onward. Come on and take me for a ride, my wife coos. Who needs a bike when you've got a spin teacher? And then they keep doing that. So do you think a woman wrote that? Uh, if it is a woman, it's a woman who's never had sex with a woman in her life. <laughs> it's either the straightest man or the straightest woman. No queer person wrote this. I refuse to believe it. Why? Like, okay, that sex toy does not exist, right? Like, I'm not crazy. That's not a real thing. No, I mean, you can absolutely get straps that have vibrating parts inside them so that the, the yeah. wearer also gets off and then you can get mm-hmm. some that are like double-ended and you can get some that are, whatever but no this this sci-fi creation does not currently exist on the market no and it's like it's obviously to be like uh she was just sucking every person's penis and it's like why wouldn't they just eat each other out yeah like, or why wouldn't they hands. Just, yeah so i'm saying like why was this necessary why do they need three right <laughs> you're not wrong know. buddy and then, yeah and then they like fucking spit roaster and shit and i'm like this was unnecessary this was unnecessary so anyway it was it was stupid it was a stupid <laughs> book i'm well, not sorry no and you shouldn't be but it's it is it's made for an interesting contrast this week because my book was mm-hmm. so good and um i really enjoyed it so at least at least we've got one this week. At least we weren't we, we both didn't have yeah. duds. So yeah. we have at least one book this week we could recommend that people check out. <laughs> and that's Sadly, a sexy win to me. What's that? Oh, I just that's a sexy win to me. Even yeah, though your book isn't particularly sexy, it's still what we call here on Ravage Love a sexy win. A hundo percento. And so I'm gonna leave us on an action scene if you're ready nice. for it. Nice. Nice. So um I'm gonna skip over a few parts because otherwise it's like ten pages long. But Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first heist that we hear about in the book. <clears throat> the road ahead of Robin was empty, save for one long truck plowing through the Florida, Florida humidity like a bull through a red cape. The silver letters of the company name, More for Less, were scattered in a way that made the two words look like horns, and they glinted in the early morning sun. Around the straight shot of I-10 was a wall of trees she'd been whipping past for 30 minutes. These were the way she noted the distance between her and her mark along with the occasional rest stop. Her cell phone rang and she entered it with her earpiece. It's time for the Robin to leave the nest, a distorted voice said. Copy that, Robin leaving the nest. Robin leaned forward, squeezed the Yamaha's clutch lever in and out and twisted the throttle toward her, simultaneously pressing the pedal of her motorcycle like an equestrian kicking her heels. The truck came into focus. She could read the caution sign on the back door. According to the warning, she should stay back at least 200 feet, though of course she had no intention of doing so. A dusty red truck swerved onto the highway at 20 miles over the speed limit and took the right lane. At the wheel was a brunette wearing a cowboy hat and aviator sunglasses, and in the passenger seat, the top of a shorter girl's head was barely visible over the door. Both driver and passenger looked at Robin, who nodded as best as she was able with her head covered by her helmet. The cowgirl then accelerated. Robin accelerated. Like two synchronized skaters, the car and the motorcycle changed lanes with Robin slightly ahead. The more-for-less truck was only 100 feet away, then 50, then 10. Robin choked on exhaust, and then she was past the edge of the truck and at its side, riding the shoulder. 
The road was bumpier there, rattling her whole body. She pushed the motorcycle even faster until she could see the driver through the window. Pudgy guy, dusty baloo, baseball cap, burger wrapper on the dash. What are you doing? He yelled through his half-open window. His face was red and furious. You're going to get yourself killed! Robin's cell phone rang again, and she kept the motorcycle balanced with one hand and answered. Fly, the husky voice said. Robin took a deep breath, filling her lungs with oxygen, exhaust, and humidity. Her muscles clenched and unclenched like a boxer punching his gloves together before a match. Then she swung her right leg up and secured her foot on the seat, crouched so that she had all of her weight on that foot, and leapt from the motorcycle to the truck, finding a hold on the handle and balance on the step. Her own vehicle careened off the road into the trees, and she said a little prayer for her departed baby. Wind whipped against her helmet, so she threw it off, revealing her face to the scared driver. His eyes squinted. He was probably thinking, What's a red-headed punk doing on my truck? Is she even old enough to drive? This is what she intended. She wanted him to underestimate her. Robin reached through the window to unlock the door. She had done this so many times before that the steps, balancing her weight on the frame of the window, letting the door swing open wildly like a bull bucking her off and then circling the door and jumping inside before it slammed close behind her, were all automatic. They were a dance and Robin was the experienced choreographer. The clap of the door falling into place made the driver jump. Are you crazy? He screamed. Then he slammed against the brakes, making them squeal. Robin got herself buckled into the passenger seat just in time. And though her neck whipped forward towards the dirty, bug-crusted windshield, she trusted that the driver wouldn't put his own life at risk. Sure enough, the stop was abrupt, but not dangerously so. Are you some kind of runaway? The driver asked. Why didn't you just put your thumb out like a normal kid would do? Robin smiled at him. I'm not a normal kid. And then, well, she wasn't even a kid anymore. Not since her 18th birthday a month ago, but it was better not to deal in numbers. When he gave the police report, his description of, I don't know, 15 or 16 at the most would only add to her mystery. I can see that, the driver seemed to calm down at the sound of her voice, which she said at a purposely charming tone. He leaned toward her a little, his belly straining against the belt. What do you want then, if it's not a ride? A little bit closer, Robin thought. Slowly, she unzipped her jacket pocket. The driver leaned in, continued to lean, so that he could see, she could see the redness of his sleep-deprived eyes. Now. She reached into her leather jacket to the secret pocket, removed a pair of handcuffs, and in one quick snap, locked the driver's hands together. Then she leaned back, pulled her legs up, up onto her seat, and kicked the driver squarely in the chest, sending him out his door and into the waiting arms of Skillet and Little John. Oof! Skillet grunted, though she was several feet taller than Little John. This guy weighs like a thousand pounds, and ooh, he is ugly as homemade sin. Robin made a mental note to increase Skillet's morning training by 30 minutes. In this case, boot-cut blue jeans and a crop top with fringe. She'd also need to have a firm discussion with her about her heist attire, though she couldn't resist smiling at one of Skillet's southernisms. Little John, who never said much, looked at Skillet and then rolled her eyes. She had followed Robin's instructions, arriving in a sensible black turtleneck and comfortable black jeans. Her short black hair was smeared in a comb over, which Robin knew from experience wouldn't get tussled even if a fight broke out. Leave little John to watch him, Robin instructed Skillet. You and I have work to do. Robin removed the keys from the truck, jumped down and circled around to the back where Skillet had parked the red truck backwards. Please be there, please be there, please be there. Then she confidently lifted the door to find boxes upon boxes of flat screen televisions. And then they steal all the TVs, put them in their truck, and bring them back to their little compound where they each get a TV and they sell the rest for money so that they can afford to live as the outlaws that they are. Aw, yay. Isn't that great?
I love it. I love it. And you're right. It does sound very much like Outlawed. So much like Outlawed. Like, which, I, like, listeners, we cannot emphasize this enough. <laughs> Outlawed <laughs> by Anna North is one of the greatest books we have ever read. Go and get it. It is a shame that this book is not more well-known. Like, it was mm-hmm. so fucking good. I don't understand why everyone in their neighbor isn't talking about it. But, um, yeah. So, it's very much like Fast and the Furious and that, you know, they use trucks and motorcycles and they steal trucks and motorcycles to be able to rob trucks and all this stuff. Um, but it's... And, like, auspiciously what the original Fast and the Furious movies were about, which was, like, chosen family and, like, we're all outlaws together, da 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 But it's very much, like, yeah, Fast and the Furious meets, like, Outlawed by Hannah North. And ultimately creates, but it's like for a YA audience. It's so good. So I I hadn't, I don't think I've ever read a book like this for the podcast that was that much like truly an action story. I don't think I've ever really read a book period that was like that, but yeah, it was, uh, I was a big fan. And so, and it, I don't, I actually, I couldn't actually find anything anywhere on whether Kellyanne is like a lesbian, bi, queer, I'm going to assume she is because her other book, uh, which is kind of a famous one um, in this world, is also about a diverse cast of like queer young women. So she seems to write queer YA. So I'm going to assume she is. But if not, she does a damn good job of describing the dynamic. Like too good to be a straight woman is all I'm going to (laughs) say, especially based on... I mean, in this case, this author's full face is on the cover of the book, so I know she's not a man <laughs> posing as a woman. But, um, but this is a great example. I think this was actually a really great tone to end our like Pride series because this is proof that like you can read whatever the heck you want to read. And the reason why I enjoy like my I consume my smut in the form of like fiction stories is because I don't have qualms about like did this actor consent to being in this? And like, was this person coerced? You know, cause it's just entirely fictitious. And so you can let your imagination run wild, but unfortunately, just like how, you know, porn will show you a bunch of straight women pretending to be lesbians or whatever. Like the same also happens in fiction where you'll have very obviously like a cis straight man, being like, and then they like scissored. Like, I don't really know what that is, but like, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> or they like locked their lips in this combination or whatever that you're like, that's not, that's not real, but bless. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes you got to wade through to find like actual good queer content that is like realistic and therefore actually hot. Totally. That is an unfortunate reality of queer woman's writing um but here we are our pride week our pride weeks uh, um are officially done but as we've said we read so much queer content on this show that like you're gonna get more Mm -hmm. but um we're changing we're shifting gears for our next episode so what what are we what are we doing next time renee well we're covering furries julie who we are and why are we doing that renee Oh, because I went to a furry convention yesterday and got a book. Amazing. About furries by furries. So, you know, it's going to be... Authentic furry representation. Authentic. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And representation matters. So... um, 100%. It's going to... You know what? Um, It's going to be a time. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. 
<laughs> I, I want to know how the other half live, you know? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it is neither my nor my, like my nor your jam. So we're going to, uh, yeah, we're going in some, I mean, educated, but not from a personal experience standpoint. So we will see what we uncover. But uh, that is next week here on the show. And then, you know, we've got some other stuff in the chamber for the weeks afterwards. But as usual, we will reiterate, if you have a theme, if you have an author, if you have a particular book that you think we should read because it's amazing or it's real, real bad, like, (laughs) please slide into our Insta DMs. Tell us, email us. We want your recommendations. We have a few um, lined up based on recommendations that listeners have sent us. So thank you so much. Uh, We, yeah, we absolutely, if you wrote a book, if you wrote a story and it's out there and it could be accessed by everyday people, send it to us. (laughs) Tell us. We'll read it. We don't, we'll we'll be honest. So be mindful, but send it to us. (laughs) You know, I want to, I want to say, I have kind of not been, on my like best with our Instagram page lately. And uh, I, I finally checked the messages the other day. Um, and we have a business account now, right? So they kind of go all over the place. So I don't always see them right away. Um, but somebody, somebody messaged us and was like, I really hope that there's another excerpt from Hamburgle My Butthole in, the, in this episode. And I was like, oh gosh, there isn't. And uh, I, I keep... You know, I, I told some people at work about it and they're like, well, are you going to finish it? Because are you going to finish this book? Yes. And uh, I think I, yeah, I, you know, I wrote so much and then I kind of stepped away, but uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to finish it so that everybody can read it. But um, good. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. <laughs> you, you got to give the listeners what they want, Renee. And what they want. I live to it's give. Wild. And honestly, everybody who shows up and, um, listens and and interacts with us like they deserve the best uh which i think is why i haven't finished this book because it's not the best yet and uh, i that's what i want to deliver to the people um also the the person who around (laughs) sorry i was was gonna launch into singing (laughs) no i love it you know i love it Uh, but i also wanted to thank the person who messaged us about if there was another excerpt in the episode uh for referring to me but also miss chandelier like i really oh. i feel so <laughs> i appreciate that so thank you so much i <laughs> love this yeah we need yeah. we need more give the people what they want working on it working on it amazing <laughs> this is great i love you yeah i'm so glad we i did love this. you um, happy um end of pride month but onwards to just being queer 365 but 365 that's how we do but yeah, lovely chatting with you as always. And next week we will come back together and talk about furries, furries. and furry smut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got I've got so many tidbits to share with you. Can't wait! I'm so excited. You're gonna yeah. tell us beat for beat what happened at the furry convention in Edmonton, Alberta. If you want to know, gotta gotta listen to our next episode. So that's yeah, your incentive. You know There's two more days of it. I may end up back there today. So. Tune in next week to find out. Oh, God, can't wait. <laughs> um, I love you. Do you want to do, do your thing? Do you want to sing us out? Sure do. <clears throat> Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the show is created by Karen McKnight. 
Very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance. You can find Josh on Instagram at Fushigiyami. That's F-U-S-H-I-G-I-Y-A-M-I on Instagram. Connect with us at Ravage Love on Instagram and Twitter or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com.